0: Toffili in motion. Got a man down the sidelines. It's him, And he is off. One man to beat. Cuts it
1: back. And brought down to the 20-yard line by Sheridan Jones.
0: They're going to say touchdown. He landed on somebody. Toffili with a magic act. And they're calling it a touchdown. 75 yards. To see a play like this where it appears he's down but he's really not robert no he is not listen man right here sheridan jones tries to get him down but he falls on top of him and he just bounces back up he's doing some balance drills i don't know what he's doing look at the ref i was like i can't believe this this man's like oh my goodness did he stay in bounds yep Right there, he keeps his feet in bounds. Lawrence Torbill, he's telling Phil Moffa, hey man, anything you can do, yeah. I can do better than being backed up in the interior. Travis going up top. Caught! Douglas! Huge! The Seminole strike on the first
1: play. Under 25.
0: Travis delivers. Down to the one
1: Travis again, and he got in touchdown Seminoles.
2: runs Jordan Travis.
1: There he goes in the open field, looking for the end zone. He will not be caught. 53 yards and a touchdown. The Florida State touchdown. And now it is third down and four. And let's just have you listen to what it sounds like when this place, Dope Campbell
0: Stadium, is back to full capacity on a critical third down. Thomas sacks Jack Cone, and the Knowles are going to get the ball back. Fourth sack of the night from this reinvented Florida State defensive line. Hey guys, it's Terrence Mann. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by Noel Game Day. Go Knowles. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. He and how. So we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're
2: listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody.
0: But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Prime Time Sanders great deon sanders my brother what's going on man I, I could wake up to that greeting every day man that was awesome hello those fans this is former seminole
2: Derek brooks and you're listening to here's the spear presented to you by no game day
0: james wilder jr what's going on james thanks for having me on ssod for the state or die, and go no william barnum floyd gentlemen what's
1: up what is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here to Spear, presented to you by NoLongameBear.com. We are here on the most magnificent Wednesday evening. It is officially game week, ladies and gentlemen, in Tallahassee. Magnor Bell and the Florida State Seminoles will be taking the field in Doe Campbell Stadium on Saturday at 5 p.m. to kick off the 2022 season against Duquesne in week zero. We are here early early, early in the year as Florida State starts a week before everybody else. We've already gone through a game week practice, at least available to the media. We will be talking about Tuesday's and Wednesday's practices and giving our thoughts on that along with the depth chart. uh, One player in the linebacker position will no longer be available throughout the whole 2022 season. One wide receiver also won't be available this upcoming Saturday. We've got the whole rundown on Duquesne, including some talk from a few of their players and coaches on this upcoming matchup on Saturday. So we've got everything in store. It feels good. It feels so good to be back, gentlemen. We're here to actually talk about a game and preview it. It's been, I believe, 272 days since we've been able to preview a game. Feels good. Up top with me is Austin Beasy, our lead basketball writer. And down below, our editor-in-chief, Dilu, Dustin, gentlemen, we're here, baby. I feel good. I, I my energy's back. I know Dustin's dealing with some sickness, but we're back. It feels so good to be going into Doke this upcoming Saturday to cover a game for you guys.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And Logan, uh, I think your mic isn't working—the one that you oh. want. But it's crazy. It's finally game week. Like you said, we got through the the last two open practices prior to the season opener um, earlier today and just kind of crazy it it the last couple of years for me at least it felt like the off season was a lot longer and I don't know if you know I was just out there doing so much recruiting stuff this summer that it flew by but it's crazy that football's already back and you know just excited to see what this team uh, can do on Saturday.
2: It's nice that we can finally just stop talking and start watching definitely you know, no more debating no more hypotheticals we're actually going to See something happen, and it took it took long enough. Honestly,
1: it did take long enough. And thank you guys. Um, we have learned over what a couple of years now that when my mic is not working, we've now known to tell me, and now we got the grill mic on, and we're back in the good groove here. But yes, it does feel good to actually preview a game, even if it's Duquesne. Yes, but to actually have some analysis and some predictions and some chatter from other opponents talking about Florida State, it just feels right. So I know Tallahassee is gearing up for a big weekend ahead. you got the block party on Friday night. You're just going back into the the regular things here in Tallahassee. This is how it's supposed to be. That's the best part of time to be. And the 850 on Florida State is heading back into Doe Campbell Stadium on Saturday night. So, uh, looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing a lot of fans. So we've been meeting a lot of you guys throughout the offseason, but expected to see a lot of you guys on Saturdays too. So, uh, safe travels, everyone. Let's get started with the evening, though. We've got quite a bit to talk about before we get started, though. Make sure you guys, if you're on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe. If you're on there right now, if you listen audio-wise, we're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere on every platform practically. So make sure you guys go jump over there if you want to listen to the audio version. If not, we're on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter Live right now on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. And That's how it's going to be for the rest of the year too. So just if you guys want to know the schedule, we'll be live every Wednesday night at 8. It'll be strictly at that. And then... For some games, there will be instant reactions, some will not. I'm expecting not to have an instant reaction podcast after this game. It is Duquesne, but when we get over there, when all of us are in Baton Rouge, we're going to hopefully be able to do one uh, over there. So uh, it's just going to kind of be off and on with instant reactions this upcoming season. Let's get started, gentlemen. We got the uh, depth chart. Before that, though, let's jump into a player that Mike Norvell told us today that would not be available for the 2022 season because of injury. That is linebacker Stephen Dix Jr., a guy that you know has been in the rotation throughout the spring into fall camp. You lose a uh, body there, and it, it definitely hurts, at least in my opinion, for a guy that can rotate and, and come in and play in certain packages for FSU. Maybe not so much of a Pivotal loss, but depth-wise, I think it stinks there for Florida State's defense
0: and Randy Shannon, that linebacker rim. Yeah, first off, it really just sucks for Steven Dix because he's put in a lot of work this offseason, and you know his his role kind of diminished a little bit in 2021. It seemed like maybe he was going to start to make a little bit of a resurgence this year, but now it's just – you know you look at these other linebackers, Kalen Deloach, DJ Lundy, Tatum Bethune, Amari Gaynor – it's now even more pivotal, pivotable that those guys don't get banged up uh, throughout the season. And behind uh, Stephen Diggs Jr. now, Brendan Gant and Omar Graham are going to be asked to do, I think, even more. So you're entering 2022 with only six scholarship linebackers. It's not a huge worry out of the gate just because you do play that four-two-five defense. So you're hoping not to have to rely on more than two linebackers on the field in the majority of situations. But it is a little bit concerning. And uh, they need to stay healthy.
2: Yeah, it's it's already a small room, and now you have to rely on DJ Lundy a lot more because you know guys are gonna need a break here and there. And hopefully, Amari Gaynor can finally be a you know the, a, just a true linebacker instead of him trying to be some kind of hybrid role that they were trying to figure out for him last year. You know he's gonna have to play some linebacker this year, and hopefully, he can succeed when you know Tatum Bethune and and DeLoach need a break. Um, small room; it, it can't really afford many more injuries besides this yeah
1: that loss definitely stinks and like you said he's been working really hard this offseason randy shannon talked about it during the spring this guy's was trying to get on the field as much as possible um and now you look at who's gonna come in and, and step up here and Lou, we've been talking about him at practice quite a bit and you love that you love this guy and I, I think there's definitely some positive scenes uh signs that we've seen from practices and that's brendan gantt that's a he's not your regular size linebacker and nowadays there really aren't much and in, in college football guys are being spread around everywhere going east and west. But this is a guy that can go north and south really quickly, more north than anything, and coming down to play the run. Uh, he can be used in blitz packages. Brendan Gann, I think, is going to be someone that Florida State, Randy Shannon, and Adam Fuller are going to rely on this upcoming season. And these last couple weeks of practice, I got to say, he's been standing out to me.
0: Yeah, we saw whenever he was at defensive back, this is a guy that loves to come down the run game and, and lay the wood, a big hitter. So now you move him over to linebacker and he's going to get to bring the best of those attributes when it comes to stopping the run, which we've seen in practice. He's a guy who seems to get up around the line of scrimmage, create tackles right there at the line of scrimmage or or in the backfield. And then even today, um, he's like you said, he's a little bit smaller than maybe some of the other linebackers in the room, but he's not a tiny linebacker by any means. He can definitely fit in in this this modern style of where linebackers are at. Um, so he, he's going to be, I think I would say Florida state's best linebacker in coverage. And you'll probably see him used in a lot of different packages, but, you know, it felt like whenever Florida state was shifting Brennan getting a linebacker earlier this spring, it was kind of, um, a move to just kind of see is he's still going to be able to fit somewhere in this program. And he's taken that transition admirably put in a lot of work and excited to see where it goes this fall.
1: That linebacker room, I mean, if you look to and I'm gonna name him later on in the show when we look forward to seeing some freshmen this upcoming on this upcoming Saturday, I think Omar Graham Jr. is gonna get a lot more PT than more than maybe he was expected or even the staff was this upcoming season, guys, because he looks the part and he's one of the I've been told, you know, from a few people around the program, one of the smartest guys on the team. And so If he can get down that playbook, I think that's the biggest thing for him. He's already in in really good shape. He's got the build uh, as a linebacker, and he was really impressive. If you look back at his senior season in high school, man, if you watch his tape, that man can do a lot of things. But if he can be moved up and get into – uh, and to a depth role there, that would be really big for Florida State this upcoming season. So we'll talk about him, I'm sure, later on in the show when we talk about some freshmen that we'd like to see on Saturday. So definitely not a great loss there for Florida State. But luckily, you've got a guy with, with Gantt who's got experience can come in and, and play. And that move had been has been for a while for Gantt. So the staff at least has that guy already in that rotation this is nothing new this isn't a game week type thing where he's having to get down that position he's been in that role for a while now so
0: uh, that, that's at least a positive to take out of this another then, go ahead i was just going to say real quick don't forget about <clears throat> dj lundy cuz he is a little bit ahead of steven dix junior on the depth chart but you know these guys came in in the same recruiting class together and D.J. Lundy, man, he put in a ton of work this offseason coming into camp, probably in the best shape – well, in the best shape of his college career to this point. And he was pretty darn good for Florida State last year. I think he's going to take it to another level alongside Tatum Bethune and Kalen Deloach and Amari Gaynor in the top of that linebacker rotation.
1: Another player that won't be available on Saturday, and this is – we have not gotten a real timetable on how long this is going to last for him – But this is because of injury from one of the scrimmages. This is wide receiver Ja'Kai Douglas, one of the most explosive players for Florida State's offense last year. He will not be on the field on Saturday. We talked with Coach Norvell today about this, said that this came from One of the physical scrimmages that Florida State went through, they had two during fall camp. One of those where Guy Douglas left with an injury. We did not get any details regarding that injury, nor do we have a timeline of when maybe we'll see Douglas back at practice and available for the Florida State Seminoles, but you will not have him in week zero. You're hoping that this isn't a long lasting injury because you certainly would like to have an explosive player that changes the game. We saw it last year, Miami, Notre Dame, you know, this guy can fly down the field and make some big time grabs for the Seminoles. You would like to have him for LSU. It's fine that you may, may not have him for Duquesne, but still something that might have fans a little worried going past this upcoming Saturday.
0: Yeah, it's a tough loss, but you know, I do think, uh, it's important to listen to what Norvell said. They they expect him back very soon. So that is positive. Um, hopefully he only has to miss this game against uh, Duquesne because you think about Ja'Kai, a Louisiana native, he's definitely chomping at the bit to get out there and go after LSU if he's healthy enough to do so. But, you know, a guy right there at the top of that wide receiver rotation at, at the beginning of camp, spent some time at running back as well and was someone that Florida State is going to use in multiple ways in that offense, out wide, out of the backfield. And like you said, an explosive playmaker, had that huge catch against Miami, scored the touchdown, the long touchdown against Notre Dame and the season opener. We've seen Ja'Kai break the top off of defenses a couple times in his college career, and it felt like he was learning, kind of falling more into his role um, in this fall camp as far as making more than big plays. He was making catches short, over the middle, those intermediate plays, rather than just always having to – hit the deep shot, which I thought was an impressive development um, in his game. So whenever he does get back, excited to see what he can bring in that wide receiver core.
2: Just got to be even more reliant on the new guys. You know, we've talked about it a little bit over the last couple of weeks. There's a lot of new guys in this receiver rotation. Now you got to break them in. You know, they have to get used to this offense pretty fast. You're used to the route system pretty fast. Um, hopefully he's back soon, like Norvell is saying, and we'll see how they do this week without him.
1: You know, we were heading to fall camp and we kind of had some limited expectations for the availability of Winston Wright Jr. And you had to find someone in that wide receiver room to step up. You already knew what you kind of had in the veterans, but you're looking at some of these transfers to, to step up. And I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised, and we'll talk about in the depth chart here, and I'll lead us into that. I'm a little surprised with how Deuce Band has jumped up like this. Yeah, and I was going to say that. Yeah. No one, we none of us on here... At this time, four months ago, we're saying, okay, Deuce Span has the potential to be a starter on Saturday. You know, that, that wasn't an expectation, nor was it going to be Johnny Wilson. We, nobody, nobody was doing that. It was all Winston Wright Jr. It was going to be Micah Pittman. And those two were going to probably be the ones that were going to be thrown in that rotation. Yes, Micah Pittman will play a lot this upcoming season. He'll play a lot this Saturday, hopefully in the first half only. But no one was expecting those two guys to emerge. So at least from the positive outlook of this, if you have Ja'Kai Douglas limited for whatever amount of time, hopefully, like you said, Dustin Norvell saying, you know, in quote, really, really soon, you know, at least you've got those two guys that have emerged with Deuce and um, Johnny Wilson. So we'll we'll, we'll rotate that in and transition into that depth chart. Um, What were y'all's first kind of thoughts out of this from seeing that on Monday, uh, afternoon, whenever that was released, first things that come out to mind to you guys?
0: Well, I, I was going to bring up Deuce span, but you kind of covered that one. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe maybe a little bit of surprise that Trey Benson isn't a starter, considering the, the camp he had and how excellent he was in the spring. But it's not going to matter a whole ton at the end of the day, just because they're going to th- that rotation in the backfield is going to be split a ton. Um, but I thought it was notable. You look over on the defensive side of the ball, And we've talked about the depth of that interior defensive line so many times uh, over the offseason. And we've talked about Joshua Farmer's um, development and growth, Logan. You look at that depth chart, he's listed right there at nose tackle uh, as an or with Malcolm Ray. So just really shows how the strides that he's made to make an appearance alongside those top four guys.
2: I wasn't that surprised with Trey Benson not being the starter. I just feel like with the way Trishon Ward performed last season, you know, he deserves to be a starter, at least for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Benson's performing him a few weeks in, then yeah, fine. Make make the change. But Ward was so good last season. Um, really my first my first glance went to the offensive line. Um, we haven't really talked about Marie Smith yet. Um, but it was interesting to see how that depth chart um, shakes out. They put Darius Washington at center and then they have an ore with Emmanuel and Turntine at right guard. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who gets that start there and who eventually ends up being the starter when Smith comes back. Um, That's where my first thoughts were, honestly, besides Deuce band. Deuce was, I was really surprised to see him as an (laughs) or. I know that,
1: that was definitely a shocker. And that's crazy. The, I wouldn't say like full 180, but it was close to that from what we saw in the spring. It was such a project player. I think that's kind of on the boundaries of what the coaches were saying. You know, there's still a lot of work to be done there. And then that switch happens when fall camp starts about three days in. You're like, okay, well, what's going on here? And the thing was, he started understanding the playbook, man. He got the playbook down. The the routes were so much better and crisp and sharper. And I, I think he just got, and he's got the quarterback mindset. So I don't think it's too hard for him to understand the playbook on his side of things, but he got that whole dimension down. And then you add in how lethal he can be with his body type that he has and the speed, his length. That's where it's kind of hard to keep him off the field, And both not on offense, but you look at special teams. He's going to be a pivotal factor there in the return game for Florida State. Uh, you know that, that's that's such a nice thing. At least you know you, you don't have Winston Wright Jr. to start off the season, but you got a guy that emerged and and broke out in fall camp, and that was Deuce Span. So he's and I will say he's definitely fun to watch in practice.
2: And, and another thing about Span's size, there's only one receiver below six foot in in his first six receivers, and four of them are six three or taller. It's a huge receiver group without
0: Winston Wright and Ja'Kai J- J- Douglas there. Really. Really do feel like the sky is the limit for uh, Deuce Span just with the trajectory that he's been on with his development ever since he got to Florida State. Um, as you mentioned earlier, Logan, a guy, whenever he did transfer into Florida State, we we're like, all right, and he's you know a year, maybe two years away from contributing. While he's making this transition to wide receiver, and you saw him out in the spring, you're like, yeah, you know, it's probably going to take him a year or so to get it down. And then man just comes into fall camp and absolutely. Blows it up. So for him to be right there as a co-starter, entering the season, um, gonna gonna see a lot of big plays out, out of Span in 2022. And going back to what you said about the offensive line, even behind that, let's talk about Julian Armella. Listed I was as gonna say something. the true tr- tr- freshman, Julian Armella got here in June, listed so. as the backup left tackle. Um, that's that's insane. And you know he's a guy that we've talked about a ton as well. And look over on defense at cornerback, back up to Amarion Cooper, Azari Thomas and Sam McCall, both listed as co-backups there. So, and overall, six true freshmen on the depth chart. Not a ton of true freshmen, but you are going to have some guys who have really stood out in the spring and some in the fall who are going to play a role.
1: Julian Armella is someone that has impressed me early on. He was the guy that I was wanting. He was on my top three guys to watch going into fall camp. And I just liked how he's been there to listen. Also take on wise words from coach Atkins, obviously, but some of the veterans there too. And he's really learning and he's going to get playing time this upcoming season. Uh, and I hope that we get to see him this upcoming Saturday, quite a bit in that second half. But I just think Florida state, you know, it's hard to keep him off the field when he comes up and sh- comes to camp showing up like that and he's got that mentality to want to learn and get better and then you're competing with jared versus McLennan, Den- dennis briggs pat payton going at it daily like that this was a very competitive camp man a lot of guys a little chippy here and there but they kept it cool and there's high respect for every competitive battle that we've seen but Jolie and Amarella alone going against those four guys that i mentioned there off the end has been great for him to learn and get better and, and uh get better at building his craft because he's still raw. There's a lot of things still to work on. Coach Atkins still very hard on him, but that's a good sign. You know, it's the same thing with Odell Higgins on the other side. If you look at Joshua Farmer, I mean, this is no shocker to us, but he's a guy that's going to come in and play quite a bit this upcoming season. And Odell Higgins being one of the hardest guys on him continuously. Now it's going to be Bishop Thomas, but uh, you know, Joshua Farmer, he's taking that next step. So, you know, that's kind of how Atkins is doing with Armella right now. And so uh, looking forward to seeing Arm- Armella. I-, I think going, just going back to Maurice Smith real quick, you know, Norvell saying, once again, another quote, really, really soon. You know, how how soon is that? You know, and that's an evaluation that they're going to have to do more off the field than anything. You kind of already know what you're going to do with Maurice. And Dila, we talked about it. Early part of fall camp, he was holding his ground against Fabian and Robert Cooper. And that's not an easy thing to do whatsoever. I mean, I think there has been a significant difference now because watching Robert Cooper the last few days, man, a guy is in a different uh, groove right now. We haven't really talked about Cooper enough, but that center position now is going to rely on Darius Washington, who's getting his first start at center. He's played this before, but he's going to get his first start. I like this, though, because if you don't have Maurice Smith ready for LSU, he can come in and he can start understanding the communication because offensive line, there's a lot of communication that's going to have to go around with this front line this upcoming season. It's going to be key for him to get that down and then understanding how he needs to set his blocks and the run game, obviously, and pass block. It's going to be a a good thing for week zero. You got to hope that he can go back to his original position in week one against LSU, but for right now, Uh, you've got him at the center position against Duquesne on
0: Saturday. I thought Marie Smith was having a pretty solid fall camp prior to getting banged up. Uh, He added that weight over the the spring and coming into fall camp, and it was paying off for him. Um, And he was kind of, to me, it looked like he was playing as good as he has at center since he's gotten to Florida State. And, you know, he's had a little bit of snapping issues in the past, wasn't really having much of that. Throughout fall camp, thought he was he was pretty solid overall. So it would be good for Florida State for him to return sooner rather than later. We'll continue to track those developments. But looking over to Darius Washington, this is a guy he's still transitioning to um, the position, but you've definitely started to see some more positive signs. I would say over over the last week or so, um, not really a ton of issues with snapping. There's there's some every now and then. But you are seeing him work with Jordan, Travis, and the other quarterbacks constantly, whether it's before practice. Even I've seen it during water breaks. They're walking over there and snapping the ball with each other uh, after practice. So these guys are putting in a lot of work to get on the same page. And, you know, it's going to be good for Darius Washington to get this game against Duquesne before going into LSU. And, like, we'll continue to track and see where Maurice is at when he's able to return.
1: Anything else really standoutish? ish And I want to mention, too, just from three years now into covering Mike Norvell, I don't take a whole ton away from depth charts, I'll be honest with you guys, because sometimes we look on Saturdays and things are quite a bit different. I don't take a lot away from it. Definitely in weeks – I want to say week one, but week zero, I don't take a whole ton away from it. Yes, it's good to maybe analyze and see where some names are at. But I, I think, too, I mean, Cam McDonald also being available there mm. it has been limited throughout fall camp. We've seen him be able to participate a little bit more now, uh, but to see him also listed as a starter there on Saturday is
0: huge for Florida State. And how about Biscuit? I mean, we did we forgot yeah. to talk about that. Mark Douglas is listed as a starter at, I guess, tight end two. I don't know. They've got two tight ends on the depth chart. Cameron McDonald's the starter at one. Mark is the starter at the other one. I would assume McDonald's part of the depth chart's the receiving tight ends, whereas Marquison's more of the the blocking tight ends and the guys who will be down in there in the goal line and, and short yardage situations. But man, very impressive to see that development from Douglas trimming up that weight over uh the offseason, still a little bit big, but he he did just fine during fall camp, a lot better when it came to holding on to the football and Today, I remember Norvell was very pleased with uh, something he did during a a run block, went over there and and jumped on top of him and was giving him a lot of love. So Marquise and Douglas, I mean, man, what a turnaround from a guy who hasn't really done much his first couple years at Florida State, and now he's listed as a starter on the depth chart. But like you said, Logan, getting Cameron McDonald back. Norvell mentioned he uh, returned today, and he looks good out there, particularly, you know, we've been to – I guess today for you, Logan, it was your 19th practice that you've gotten to go to this fall. So we've seen a lot of these tight ends. Uh, You saw Cameron McDonald return today and the athleticism that he brings to the unit is just evident out of the gate. I mean, he's very fluid out of his breaks and routes and just looks a lot more natural compared to some of those other guys out there.
1: Yeah, he looks he looks good,
0: and we'll see
1: how much PT he'll get on Saturday, if any. But I do think he will get some PT on Saturday inside Doe Campbell Stadium. He does. If anybody's wondering, he does look good. So uh, we'll see how that looks um, on Saturday. What else
2: really stands we even, out? We, we didn't talk about the biggest battle. James Rosenberry won the lawn snapping battle.
1: <laughs> Y'all better spend thirty seconds on that.
2: That's all I got. That's That's, all I'm, got out, I'm already out of content. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I, I, I saw some talk. I don't know. It's just a discord. Everybody's trolling me about Jared verse since I've been probably one of the highest persons on person on him since the spring. But it says between Derek McLendon or Jared verse. I mean, it, it, to me, if I were to make an ex a prediction on Saturday, I think you're going to see a duo of McLendon and verse just from what I've seen throughout fall camp and just the performance that they put on. Um, I'm excited for Jared Verse, uh, and I'll save that maybe for the game preview, as such. But just from hearing him talk to us, he says he does hit just a different kind of feeling on the field whenever he's inside Doe Campbell Stadium or on a playing football field under the lights. Which I, I've already seen enough during practices. Very highly anticipating a fun game from number five, just the way that he's came and performed this well. That's a guy that's come in first year. He's going to be just like how Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson were come in first year start. And uh, that's a guy that you're going to keep around for a little bit longer though. That's the difference.
0: Like the running backs, uh, the, de- the defensive in-depth chart, is not something I'm taking a whole lot of stock in. It-, it doesn't really matter who they trot out there as the starter. Um, Jared, Jared Verse, Darren McClendon, Dennis Briggs, those guys are all going to play a ton for Florida State at defensive end. And then Patrick Payton, Leonard Warner seem to be the guys after that who are going to be involved as well. So, yeah, it doesn't I don't think it matters which two guys come out there for the first play. Regardless, you're going to have all three of those guys I just mentioned play a pivotal role on the edge. And then going back to wide receivers, like you said, not to take a ton of stock into the depth chart. Norvell even said after practice today that there's receivers that are not listed in the two deep that are going to make it on the field for Florida State on Saturday. So the depth chart, it gives you a nice uh, barometer, but when Florida State goes into their depth uh, behind these guys that aren't listed on the uh, initial two deep, you're going to see some more guys play. I I don't think
1: And I completely exited out of the depth chart there, but you saw Jamie Robinson, you had a keen dent there at safety too, but I'm really excited for Shaheen Brown this upcoming season uh, overall. And that's a guy that I want to see more out of. Uh, He looks the part dude. And you know, a few things that they're mean, that play today that he had with that one handed grab and, for what it's worth, you know, minor is very, very, very strict on number one, holding the ball up tight and securing that, but also using two hands to catch the ball. And he'll let you know, but at that point, you know, Shaheem can't do anything about that. The only way that he's going to get that interception is using one arm, but he came down with a phenomenal catch today. That's a player that I'm really excited to see this upcoming season. I don't know, uh, you know, really how much we'll see from the Saturday. I'm expecting quite a bit, but man, you know, and then there's a lot of excitement, from that depth chart about Jamie and Akeem Dent, yes, absolutely. But, you know, Akeem Dent had a lot of high praise for Shaheen Brown. And to think that he's just a redshirt freshman, freshman? stop it. That is
0: – the ceiling is very high for him. There was a lot of talk about him last year. And then just for whatever reason, he didn't end up making it onto the field and making a big impact for Florida eight as a true freshman. But, you know, like you said, he's come into this fall. He's had another – Really good camp, probably even better than uh, last year. Just seems to know the system more and knows where to be in that back end. And he's been really solid uh, for FSU behind Jamie and Akeem Dent and in that rotation with McClellion. So there's some solid options for Florida State at safety. And I think just working with those guys has really paid off for him uh, developmentally. So yeah, excited to see how Shaheem transitions now that he's going to be getting some legitimate playing time.
2: And can we really talk about the depth chart without talking about the quarterbacks, too?
0: With, What's the talk Tate about? Roddemaker, Tate
2: Rodemaker getting second. There are some fans ta- or some people commenting mm-hmm. about it saying they're kind of surprised Rodemaker got over Duffy. I feel like it's worth mentioning, at least, even though I don't think any of us were surprised by it. Yeah, hey, if you
1: listen to this podcast, it wouldn't be too much of a shocker there. But it's good to kind of set the tone and eliminate those conversations.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a big surprise. Um, I, you know, I would say Rodemaker and Duffy have been pretty neck and neck throughout fall camp as a whole. Maybe Rodemaker is slightly ahead, but in my opinion, the whole reason you you put Tay Rodemaker as your backup is you're trying to redshirt AJ Duffy this year. Uh, maybe if Jordan Travis was to miss time. You know, maybe Duffy leaps rodemaker We'll see how things kind of progress throughout the fall. But I would say the goal is probably to redshirt Duffy. Um, and, and, you know, you can play him in those four games prior to burning his redshirt. So I think to State, they'll try and do that if they can.
1: <laughs> what about uh, just a note in here, too, Azray Thomas jumping in here along with Sam McCall. They're going to get. Yeah, I yeah, said that. There are- yeah, they're they're jumped into that rotation. I just think it's impressive just to see Azra of practices going against Johnny Wilson. That's been a really competitive battle this week and in, in, in game week prep. Um and I and going into let's transition now into Tuesdays and Wednesdays practices before we go into some of the recruiting stuff that's happening this weekend. Um, you know, this was I was really interested to see just the kind of demeanor these guys were gonna come in after a really really beat down kind of camp. I, I want to see how focused they were going to be for a smaller opponent before going to a Labor Day weekend primetime matchup with a big-time L- SEC school with LSU. I wanted to see how they were going to come in and attack practices. And what I saw Tuesday and Wednesday, that is exactly, in my opinion, what you wanted to see. Very, very competitive. Nothing really fell off. I thought these two practices were better than last week's, and that's understandable. Last week's guys were worn out. You had the Jacksonville yet. Um, You know, he had that whole long stretch there. And then before that, or after Jacksonville, he had the scrimmage. So a lot of guys worn out, beat up. This was a very competitive last Tuesday and Wednesday filled with practices. Coach Atkins said in the Monday presser that, yeah, the depth chart's out, but competitive battles are still going to go on this week. And there's some guys still vying for some spots. I thought Tuesdays and Wednesdays practices were really uh, competitive, dilu I know you were here for today's, but what were some of your takeaways from what you saw? I've got a few players that I would like to mention too after you're done.
0: oh you're muted. Like you said, I thought it was a very physical practice for to say, considering they're just three days away from the season opener, and especially at this point, you know, it's kind of just human nature – to look ahead, when you're not even 100 hours away from officially kicking off your season, and you've been through, you know, 20, 20 plus uh, fall practices at this point, just toiling away to finally get to Saturday night. So, you know, for to say they could have came out flat today, it could have been sloppy, but I thought they executed well um, for the most part. Malik McClain had a really good day out there. Zari Thomas had an an acrobatic interception down the sideline. Um, All in all, I thought it was exactly the the kind of day that Florida State wanted to have when you're getting this close to kickoff.
1: Uh, You know, Tuesday's practice was filled with Johnny Wilson doing Johnny Wilson things. I mean, and I wanted to see how he was going to do during game plans and installs and everything. And that's where you really get to see what kind of how they're going to utilize them this upcoming season. We got a little glance of that this week. I know it's just Duquesne prep, but still a really nice day coming away with the incredible throw from Jordan Travis there in the red zone over to him with a nice catch with a really good coverage from the DB comes away and grabs six there made some other big time catches throughout practice. He's been one of the most, you know, consistent through camp along with pokey um you've also had mclean doing his thing who i think has looked sharp in some of his route runnings and has been open that guy's been practicing this week really hard uh i I thought those those players at least on the offensive side along with lawrence to a philly and i don't think we're talking enough i don't think we're gonna be able to talk enough about him until we see it on the field on saturday because like mike norville said he's been the most improved player of fall camp and i think it's time to really zone in and buy into what coach Norvell is saying. I think he knows what he's talking about. Lawrence Philly has always looked impressive in pass catching, but the way that he's running the ball right now and hitting the holes, it's pretty damn good. Um, And I know it's only practices, but when we got to see them go through team drills, I mean, he's, he looks smooth, man. And I don't, I don't know what to expect out of him this upcoming season. The staff thinks very, very, very highly of him. But the way that he performed in front of us in Jacksonville, that's when he really started breaking loose, man. And you're, you're starting to find a three-headed monster. You could throw in four with Rodney. He's still a youngin', But you've, you've got a three-headed monster there. And that rotation is going to be filled with a lot of guys moving in and out on that field this upcoming season. But I've really liked what I saw from Lawrence Toa Philly this week just just looks good man looks good
0: entering his third year at Fort State his third year uh, with Coach Norvell in this offense I think it's finally starting to click for him he's got the playbook down to a T, and then on the field it's just finally started to slow down and Lawrence Toafili his vision I mean has just been tremendous he's hitting these holes and you know some are some are wide open holes but he's also hitting some some very tight ones to squeeze out and get some really big runs. And man, he's just been fantastic alongside Trey Benson. I mean, and Treshawn Ward has had his moments uh, as well. So that running back room, it's very much uh, by committee. And then bouncing back over to the wide receivers, one guy that really stood out on Wednesday that Norvell mentioned after practice, Darian Williamson, coming back uh, from a little bit of, of an injury and then made some fantastic plays throughout the course of the day. And the play of the day, over there on the goal line goes up over a scholarship defensive back and twist in the air somehow comes down with a touchdown right on the, the sideline. So impressive for him. And we'll see if he's one of the guys that's able to get involved in that rotation on Saturday. On the defensive
1: side, I mentioned him earlier, but Robert Cooper has looked really nice too. um, I don't know if it's because he's got the do-rag on. I don't know if you know this at DLU. But, yeah, he, had, he hasn't had that on all spring nor fall camp. But the do-rag's on, and I don't know, something hit a different gear with him. But he has been almost unstoppable there in the middle today, making a really nice stop uh, on the running back in the red zone. I mean, he had two blockers on him, got off of them, and was able to uh, wrap up. I, don't, I don't, don't remember which running back it was, but it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, he took care – of that and held his own going against two blockers there. I thought Robert Cooper has had a really nice week, a guy that we haven't talked about a whole ton throughout this off season, but the staff and Magnavell told us in that opening fall camp presser, Robert Cooper is someone that has worked their ass off this off season. And uh, I'm really excited to see him. He looks in shape. He looks faster than ever for a big guy, his size. he's, 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 he's quick for what he needs to do. On game on game days, but I really like what I've seen from Cooper. Uh, nice a nice week from him. One of your veterans on defense that can do a lot of things and cause a lot of havoc there in the middle on that defensive line.
0: Well, not only has he been at Florida State for what feels like forever at this point; it's his fourth or fifth year in the program. But Cooper really committed to the offseason program. This this spring and this summer, and I feel like he's in the best shape of, of his college career to this point. Those races with Norvell are really paying off. I think he won today by a pretty sizable margin. It's been and just sticking with that, uh, it's been funny to kind of watch that transition throughout fall camp because it was just Cooper and Norvell for a while, and now you've got four or five defensive linemen making that sprint every day. I think I think Ayobami joined the pack uh, on Wednesday.
1: Mm -hmm. trying to think of anybody that i'm missing i know you miss mentioned darren williamson but whenever he's fully healthy he makes plays like that and what he did in that end zone was pretty damn special i got a shout out from coach norrell after practice but trying to think of anything else i mean two guys that have stood out to me on that line that have just stayed healthy for throughout it all you know going through it um standing standing on their own really bless harris and dimitri emmanuel i've been really pleased with Emmanuel watching him but bless harris i think having that iron sharpen iron mindset with verse there on the side along with mclendon pat payton dennis briggs has really helped bless harris a lot along with robert scott jr but really bless harris coming into a new team new program has made him perform very well and dimitri emmanuel i thought man last week he put on a show for me i mean I, the most consistent i saw on the offensive line i don't it's hard to get like get crazy and get all bricked up over here over an offensive lineman, but damn, Dimitri Emmanuel, <laughs> hold up! Now I don't think anybody was really talking. Nobody was really talking about Dimitri Emmanuel a whole time. Yes, he was going to come in and provide depth, and you know could fight for fight for a starting job, but I didn't expect him to be blocking Fabian. Love it like that. I was not expecting that, but uh, at least on Saturday, at least giving some offensive linemen some love that have really stood out to me throughout this offseason. Bless Harris and Demetri Emmanuel, two guys that really held their
0: own. They've been really solid, and you know, making this transition uh, to Florida State. Both of them transferred into FSU over the off season, and and you had a kind of going from the the Group of Five level now to a Power Five program at Florida State, and you have Bless Harris going from the FCS to the FBS. Um, they both successfully handled that transition, I would say. And it was huge for not only their chemistry with the rest of the unit, but just getting acclimated to Florida State's offense and Alex Atkins in general that they were able to pretty much be available throughout the entirety of fall camp. So they've taken a lot of reps on that offensive line, and I think they're ready to go for Saturday. I feel pretty confident about both of those guys up up front on the offensive line
1: getting away from practice talk here. Let's talk about this upcoming Saturday. Like you just mentioned D Lou and recruiting is about to kick back open here. I uh, got some visitor list stuff to talk about really, uh, you know, maybe name a few names. I don't know kind of anything about what's going on recruiting wise. Cause it's kind of been dry for a little bit. Now things are going to start kicking back up, but uh, what have you heard on some potential visitors this upcoming weekend? Seems like there's some decent amount of numbers for Duquesne on week zero.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's, pretty much been in a dead period uh since since July or so it did open up for about a week and Florida State they're able to have some guys visit practice and they held the Seminole Showcase at, at the end of July during that time whenever things were back open and it's still technically closed right now but since Florida State is one of the few team, one of the few teams uh playing a home game in week zero they are allowed to host uh recruits for the game and yeah, I mean, it seems like 40-plus guys or so are going to be making it in on Saturday for this home opener against Duquesne. And there's definitely some talent. Um, you know, a couple FSU commits. You've got four-star running back Samuel Singleton, three-star wide receiver vondravius Jacobs, three-star defensive back Jabril Rawls, a recent FSU commit, and long-snapper commit Peyton Naylor. So four guys in that 2023 class going to be making it in. And, and then there's some other ones. Um Michael Mitchell, four-star running back committed to Utah, uh, potential offer. We'll see what happens there. And there's some real talent coming in in that 2024 class. Running back, Makai Danzy, three-star wide receiver, B.J. Gibson, offensive lineman, Camarian Bush, three-star defensive end, L.J. McRae. He was actually one of the guys that was at the Seminole Showcase. Um, you've got defensive tackle, Xavier Porter, defensive back, Ashton Hampson, defensive back, to Lewis Solomon, all those guys are 2024 20, prospects that hold offers from Florida State. So there's certainly going to be some talent in attendance, but I think these visitor lists will just continue to get more stacked as the season goes on because, you know, this is just the home opener. This is just Duquesne. A lot of guys are also starting to begin their high school seasons uh, around this point in time. So the numbers will grow uh, throughout the fall, but a, a good start for Florida State for sure. Sweet deal. We'll have full coverage on a lot of the recruits uh,
1: being in attendance uh, this upcoming weekend for Florida State. Facing off against Duquesne. Speaking of Duquesne, let's start jumping into the game preview. This game is going to be at 5 p.m. on Saturday. It will be on the ACC network. We will be in attendance, giving you guys full coverage all around with articles, socials. Uh, If you're in the Discord, I highly suggest jumping in there too. But if you're not following us on Twitter, I highly suggest doing that also. They're right down below here inside the names on the stream. Florida State's going to kick off the season, guys. It it feels good. Um, I think there's a lot of excitement. What are y'all's original, like, just true thoughts going into this? Because I think, first off, people are a little... Things are still in their heads from last year from Jacksonville State. And I hope we can clear the air here on this, at least from our side on this show right here, that I don't think there's too much to be worried about. This Duquesne team isn't so great, but can we go and kill off that whole storyline there? Even though, even though Dustin scared everybody last week was saying they're bringing in the next best quarterbacks since Joe Montana <laughs> did not say that.
2: <laughs> I think people are also a little bit nervous because they beat Ohio last year, which while well, not a world beater it is a division one team. Um, I think that's got everyone thinking. Oh, could it? Could it really happen again? Um, but I, I don't, I'm not really expecting much. And to you, Nick, you asshole in the comment. No, I will not be at the game. So you know which way to bet.
1: <laughs> what they say? Oh, I said, uh, is Austin going to going to this week's game? Need to know which way to bet.
0: Can you even bet on this game? Because I've been looking no, around for days and I have not been able to find a single spread.
2: Yeah, no spreads, no money lines. No trying to find numbers. a spread
0: to base my score prediction on, but now Nothing. I've just got to shoot Man. in the dark. Yeah, I've I
2: only know. seen I've seen one projected score of thirty-seven to three. That is the only
0: thing I've seen. I saw that too, that was some some website. I don't it was know. shark. I think that was <laughs> a computer simulation score. I don't even know, dude. Mm-hmm. But at least we have an idea.
1: We know we do we have the forecast yet? We always gotta make sure here in Tallahassee the forecast. And also, I'm hearing buzzing. Someone is getting phone. hit. I'm, up.
0: I'm sorry. Well, Austin's Someone's the one that knows up. the weather boys. So oh, yeah, you are out? our weather. You are our weather
1: boy <laughs> from last year. You are our weather boy. So if you can give us uh even though both me and Dustin live here, we should probably know <laughs> Wait, it right off the top seconds. of our heads. Cat. But yeah, uh I'll 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 say, you know, this game to me. I think FSU fans <clears throat> are looking for number one, Jordan Travis, and his passing abilities. Is that getting better? Is that is this lies that we're telling? Is the media telling lies here at practices where you know he's connecting nonstop with McLean, Johnny Wilson, you know Deuce Span is having these spurts here and there with the deep ball. Micah Pittman, Pokey Wilson is looking great, uh, you know. I, I think the team, or at least the fan base coming in, coming into Doke on Saturday, want to see that improvement there made from Jordan Travis. Not saying that it was got off. If you look past that last quarter of the season for Jordan Travis, there was a lot of improvements there, but we keep hearing things from the staff. It's been continuous since that opening press conference in early August. We, we know that. Jordan Travis from the staff, they feel very comfortable in him running the entire offense and doing his thing. Let's see how that looks against a smaller opponent, yes, on Saturday, but that passing attack needs to be shown. I think not only for the fans, but some of these recruits later on down the road this season, they need to see, You know, if you talk about some guys like Hakeem Williams, Jalen Brown, who is, of course, still committed to LSU, but I don't think that recruitment's over. There's still some guys out there that can be weapons for Florida State in the future that are looking at FSU's passing game and saying, okay, we've heard great things about it. Let's see it perform on game-type situations." So that's one thing that I think fans, and uh, to be honest, me too. I, w- I want to see it. I've seen it in practices. I want to see it
0: on the game field. Yeah, and just to, to keep going into that, I would say something I want to see in general from these players is just go out there and prove it. You know, not just Jordan Travis, but we've seen what Johnny Wilson has done. We've seen what Deuce Span has done. We've seen what Jared Verse has done. You know, all these newcomers, and then the guys that have stepped up throughout throughout the fall. You know, we we talked about Brendan Gantt earlier, Azari Thomas, Sam McCall. We've seen what these guys have done throughout fall camp, and it looks like guys like that. You know, I only mentioned six, but I could have mentioned twenty. Are they're primed to play a, a pretty pivotal role? on Florida State success uh, throughout 2022. So now you've proved it in practice it's time to go out there and prove it on the field against an actual opponent. So that's what I want to see, transition it from practice to the game field.
2: By the way, for your, for your weather update, uh, anywhere between a 75 and 85% chance of rain with a 50% chance of thunderstorms. Mm, nice. It looks like it's mostly in the morning. Uh, Yeah,
1: it's a Tallahassee day. You're going to always have that quick shower come through, lasts about 20, 30 minutes. You got to hope that's maybe earlier in the day. Let's just do early in the day. I don't want to get rained on leaving the stadium, so let's just get that done. Let's get that over with at 11 a.m. Let's call it then. Cool down the heat, too. That would be very nice. Let the field dry a little bit, so let's get that out of the way early, Tallahassee. Um, It's been a little iffy this week off and on with some rain, but hopefully Saturday will be fine. But thank you for that weather update there, uh, VZ, from Charlotte. Live from Charlotte, <laughs> from the two guys down here. Can you, that
0: <laughs> can you
2: weather updates on Tallahassee live from Charlotte. You know. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I wanted to bring up a, a thing here. We put out a piece today. Our guy Charleston, always killing it. Also going to be doing our game previews again this year. Does a great job. But he added in a new segment this year where he's going to go in and grab quotes from the opposing head coaches, some of the players, and – Here we go once again. You know, this is probably where nightmares come back from some of these FSU fans watching this right now. Uh, I'm going to bring up a quote here from one of their players here. Um, This is from Noah Palmer. He transferred from Pittsburgh uh, and he's played for the Panthers when they beat the Seminoles in Tallahassee 41 to 17 in 2020. So let's just add on
0: backup defensive end. Yep. By the way
1: uh he said uh you want to go out there have a good good game and upset them if you don't go out there with that mindset what are you doing the crowd and tomahawk thing it's fun to see how people react to it i've seen it before it's pretty cool but we definitely want to shut that down early uh then junior defensive back jeremiah joseph's a my Mi- a miami ohio transfer had a few things to say, too. He said, it's exciting. Everybody is ready. Florida State is a bigger school, and people might think that we're coming in scared. But I feel like our team is bought in. We know we can shock the world. We look at it like an experience and an opportunity. So another team that wants to shock the world.
2: <laughs> I mean, but, but really, what else are they supposed to say? You want them to go, yeah, we expect to go down there and get killed. Like, you don't want them to <laughs> say that. Like, they're supposed to talk it up a little bit. <laughs>
1: You nah, got a point. I don't, I don't think I don't think you're wrong.
2: <laughs> like everyone was making a fuss about it on Twitter, especially after we tweeted it, tweeted the article. I was, people like, man, what are they talking about? Like it's football. That's what they're supposed to say. You want them to be competitive, even if you know, even if they do get smacked by thirty. Is that is that, that your prediction? More. Is that what you're? No.
1: Uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, even if that happens, you want them to at least think they're going to be competitive.
1: Absolutely. I think, it's a, I think it's a great quote to say as the underdog, the big time underdog going into this game. But I think it's more of just FSU fans last year of Jacksonville State. And that's 100% understandable. Yes, that should have never, ever, 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 ever happened. Like that's something that probably won't ever happen again in our lifetime, and that happened right in front of our eyes. God, knock
0: on wood, bro. <laughs> Don't start saying that. They play an FCS team in three days, buddy. That'll never happen again in our lifetime. Well, maybe they're trying be- to jinx it? The <laughs> internet is forever. Trying?
1: Different. Yeah, I was about to say I'll be clipped and put on freaking SC You want
2: to get TikTok famous? That's a good way to do it.
1: Hey, hey, if it gets us more views, you know, let me let me talk about it here for a minute. More subscribers, you know, I'll do a lot of things. now. but I don't want FSU to lose obviously stuff coming. But I thought that was pretty interesting to bring up some of the quotes from the opponents. We're going to continue to do that throughout uh, the off season. The coach, their head coach, excited too about this matchup on uh, Saturday too. Um, coming from a guy that you know is going to have to make a big time travel from Pittsburgh too. Something I just noticed just a few days ago didn't pop into my mind, and that's from Pittsburgh. A lot of good football players up there in Pittsburgh right now. Go Steelers! Uh,
2: not quarterback play.
1: We have three capable starting quarterbacks. Is, is,
2: is, does Duquesne have the best quarterback in that region right now?
1: Stop! Stop it! Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come up there to Charlotte and attack you. Uh, Jason Mackey is the head coach. Uh, never mind, no, he's not. Jerry Schmidt is that coach there with right. Duquesne uh, he's saying it's a great opportunity for our young men to go into that kind of environment and play against a team like that. We want to go play well and get better. We hope it helps us as we move through the season. That seems like a pretty smart quote there though, a little bit different from maybe the player's point of view. You would expect that from a coach to say that, but they're coming in here to learn, get better and hopefully that will help provide some better understanding of what kind of football team they have this upcoming season.
0: Well, you've got it. Yeah. It's it's coach speak. You've got a guy, I believe he's been at Duquesne for nineteen years or so. So this is a guy that's coached a lot of football, and he he knows what to say when you're going into a game like this. I'm sure he's played played a couple before. We talked about they played two FBS teams last year and and beat one. So it's probably a little bit better to have that under the radar mentality.
2: We should also talk about that other FBS game though, where they got absolutely railroaded by TCU.
0: Yeah, what was that score? Forty-three
2: or
1: something like that.
0: Forty-five to three.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm. Yikes! Oopsies! Oopsies!
0: Yeah, it didn't help. They had a, so you look at Duquesne's depth chart. The, the quarterback position currently in or between Joe Mishler and Darius Perantes, and Mishler actually opened the season as the starter for Duquesne last year in that TCU game, and then suffered a season-ending in, injury during the contest that forced Perantes to be thrown in there so tough tough pill to swallow in your season opener
1: that is tough that is tough i'm interested to see too what they're going to do in that quarterback room on, on saturday and what they i don't know if they're going to go with the guy that is getting them down the field if any but it's it's not going to be a fun <clears throat> fun matchup there with florida state's defensive line which i think is going to cause problems very 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 early i I think outsized is maybe the wrong thing to say here but it it, it doesn't think it will last much long there uh and the trenches who do you guys want to see playing after halftime um let's just say florida state Uh, this is how it should be it it sucks now (laughs) that in 2022 we can't go in and say who would we like to see at halftime some of the newcomers you would love to see a trant uh a walk on get in in that fourth quarter. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> but we can't. We can't say that anymore. We can't. We can't. This is Florida State. This is how it just, should be.
0: It's just how man, it should be. I don't know if you can say it Yeah, <laughs> just, Maybe just let's win. wait one more year. See <laughs> what happens no, this year who, first. Who would,
1: who would y'all like to see uh, on Saturday? Get in there. Get into the rotation after halftime. Let's say Florida State's up thirty thirty to friggin'
0: three at halftime. Who do you, who do y'all like? I don't think they're taking the starters out up 30 to three. Yeah, I don't think so either. You gotta, you gotta be up 40 to take the starters out. It's gotta be like 45 to three. Like we saw the Massachusetts game last year. Florida State didn't take their starters out till probably midway third quarter when it was 45 nothing or or something. You gotta gotta hold on on for a while just to make sure. Plus, get these guys a little bit of game reps ahead of that LSU. That's why I said
1: after halftime. That's why I said it could be third or fourth quarter.
0: For me, uh, as far as guys that get in, it's the true freshmen. Sam McCall, Zuri Thomas, Julian Armella. Heck, give me some Kaniya Charlton on the offensive line. Omar Graham. Get some of those true freshmen that have stood out throughout fall camp involved and you know, start getting them a little bit of a look early to see if they're going to be able to help you next week against the Tigers in New Orleans.
2: Uh, the comment of Dustin Hill is a fantastic answer, by the way. Would we'll love to see him on the field in the second half. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd, hopefully the the starters are just, it's like the UMass game. The starters are out midway through the third quarter. You, you start seeing what you have in some of the young guys. Um, I'd like to see how the receiver room shakes out a little bit down the board and, you know, maybe they can get Toa Feely some more regular running back reps and he's not being used as a gadget player.
1: Uh, player, players that I want to see on Saturday, probably Julian Armella would be number one in that group. Uh, now that Steven Diggs Jr. is out, I want to see a bit more of Omar Graham, and that's a guy that I wasn't really. want Of course, I want to see Omar play, but one the guy that I now really, really want to see play because he's got to get in there. Sorry, Omar, I love you, man, but now I really want to see you get out there and get some reps because if he, if if you think about it, that linebacker room, that that that's great right there for or it's good, it's good right now, and the rotation that you have. But if God forbid anything happens, and it's happened before. He's going to have to be pushed into a rotation aspect. So I'd like to see Omar, Omar Graham get in there. Um, I'm, I'm missing somebody. And I had it on the, I'd like to see Bishop Thomas. There he is. I, I am very high, not as high as shiny Brown, which I know I'm already going to see him a lot on Saturday. Uh, But I'd like to see some Bishop Thomas. I thought he's had an impressive spring and fall camp that's a guy that's for some reason not the biggest guy in the room at all in that defensive line room but he just finds a way to get back there to the running back and the backfield to the quarterback and causes problems man and i think odell hagan sees it too he's coaching him pretty hard just like he did joshua farmer last year i'd like to see bishop thomas get in there on saturday wearing number 90 if you guys are watching out there in Doak on Saturday. Watch out for him. He's been a really impressive true freshman coming in, a guy that hasn't talked a lot on on the same ways of Sam McCall and Azrae Thomas, but um, I'm going to put Bishop Thomas's name in that hat.
0: Another guy, and and I expect Jordan Travis to get the majority of work on Saturday against Duquesne, um, depending on the score and the situation. But I, w- I would really love to see A.J. Duffy – get involved at some point in the offense in that second half, maybe in the fourth quarter, give Tate Rodemaker some drives, but then allow Duffy to finish it off with, you know, maybe two drives or so to, to end the game against Duque, just to give him a little bit of a look because he was raw. Or he is raw and has had some up and down performances uh, throughout fall camp. But I think that he's just – his trajectory, it's it's been ascending – Ever since those first couple of fall practices, and he's really started to to settle in. And like I said, I don't I don't see a whole lot of a difference between Duffy and Rodemaker at this stage of a fall camp. Make, making a face over there, yeah, I, think, I think Rodemaker's I think got much a nice stride on him. I think he's
1: got a nice. I don't think it's. I don't. I'm seeing too many passes not going down the field and just tucking it and running out of AJ Duffy. I think the game will be big for him, but I think Rodemaker's got him by a good stride. Um I mean he's let's not let's don't knock on Tate Rodemaker now. He's had some really nice strides. We've heard great things from scrimmages. I don't right. think it's I don't think, think it's fifty fifty between AJ Duffy and Tate Rodemaker.
0: I don't think it is either. I think Tate Rodemaker But I think Tate's already hit his edge.
1: ceiling. I think Tate's hit his ceiling. AJ Duffy you don't know how far that ceiling I right. think it's higher but I don't think it's where it's neck and neck right now where they're vying for the – like you're throwing in A.J. Duffy as their backup against LSU.
0: I, I've already said earlier in this podcast that I don't want that to happen. I expect Duffy to redshirt this season, but I don't think that there's a huge gap uh, between those two, and it wouldn't surprise me if Duffy overtakes Rodemaker by the conclusion of the season.
2: I, I think I'd be surprised to see Duffy in this game. You know, because if they are playing in a red shirt, God forbid something happened to Travis. Um, you want to maybe use those four games later down in the season. That's all I'm saying. You got a point. It's a, it's already a thin quarterback room, and I don't think they'd want to waste a game, first game of the season. That's just my thinking, though.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that that's going to be interesting. I think it'd be huge, though, for A.J. Duffy to get in there on Saturday. That's hopefully – FSU's game plan if they're up by enough and, and get some of those guys in there. into that rotation, you would love to see Duffy get some actual game time reps on Saturday late afternoon into the evening. Uh, there's a comment on here earlier. Who scores the first touchdown of the season? Who's going to do that on Saturday? I think, I think you answered this, Dustin, in your mailbag and you went with the... Easy answer. I don't like going for easy answers. You went with Jordan Travis. I'm gonna go with something different here. It's gonna be do span on a kickoff return on Saturday.
0: Whoa! 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 whoa. I'm, I'm, whoa, gonna be, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm gonna you be better going. hope, better hope FSU receives. Yeah. That
1: happens. If that happens, <laughs> clip it. I I'm leaving the press box. I'm going to get a drink. We we've done what we needed to do. I'm gonna clip it.
0: Well, if FSU doesn't receive, that means Duquesne scored. <laughs> What happened? Yeah. You said he's okay. going to score on a kickoff return. If it's not the first play of the game, then that means Duquesne scored.
1: I'm relying off of one good kickoff return right now. I mean, but when's I'm going
2: to be, be? be? be born and take Trishon Ward. by the way.
1: What do... Okay, that's fine. No, I think that's not bad.
2: I don't think that's too boring. We got it it's, in the
1: chat. Everybody put in the chat. Everybody put in the chat. We need everybody's opinions on this. What about if it is the first play of the game? Duquesne's kicking off and Duespan takes it to the
2: house. I would be shocked considering what we saw special teams <laughs> last season. <laughs> the I special would be, teams was, was so pitiful last year.
0: I would yeah, be looking was. up when's the last time MSU returned to kickoff for a touchdown. And it was in the national championship game. Yeah, I,
2: I said that a few weeks ago. And that's just
1: scary and also awful to hear at the same. like, Just astounding. Uh, Andrew... Andre Moore's got Trey Benson sixty yard to the crib. I could see sixty it. yards to the Him, crib.
0: Coaffiliate award. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Even Travis getting a an option.
2: Yeah, if enough. can
1: nick Next, got Johnny Wilson. That's a guy that's been scoring touchdowns left and right throughout this off season. Malik McLean. I think that's a great pick too. Well, oh, no. Carl! Carl, what? Go ahead.
2: I I just I think I'd be surprised if it'd be a passing touchdown to start. Because I think Florida State wants to be a running team. Yeah, they want to show the improved the improved passing offense. Whoa, voice (laughs) crack much? Oh man, it's
1: been
2: a long day. You're still
1: maturing, VZ.
2: You're still maturing. Shut up, shut up, (laughs) shut shut up.
1: Dustin's the one laughing, but he's muting his mic.
2: Yeah, you are. Never mind. Never mind. I'll just end my conversation. It's fine.
1: No, I think it, no. Go ahead. There you go. There's I a toe affiliate. Th- I
2: just, I think I'd be surprised to see be passing touchdown. I think Florida State's going to be so dominant as a run team this year. Like, yes, you want to show your improved passing offense. I think we're going to see some deep shots early to try and show that. But I think what Florida State is is a dominant run team this year.
1: Mm-hmm. Larry's oh, bringing back. <clears throat> oh god, we got the bots. We got the bots on YouTube. I think it's like after nine they come in here and. Mm. How do I get them out of here? There we go. Uh, this is a good question here from Larry on Facebook asking how many touchdowns do you think kickoff return and pun return will get this year? Zero.
2: Continue to try. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh
0: um, I don't, you don't really see I'm going with one, my deuce span. I would say I would <laughs> say one one combined.
2: Now if Deuce
1: yeah, if Deuce Span brings All this season. back on
2: the the odds are not in your favor if we look at the last five seasons. <laughs> like yes, at some point they're they're due. Like it, you know, it's been five seasons since I'm, I think punt return for oh no, it was four seasons for DJ Matthews punt return. God, that
1: feels like years ago. Hey, shout out to but, him. Uh, is he fully healthy for at Indiana this year?
2: I think he I is. Don't care. Whoa. Okay. I, I'm okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa I came, whoa, out, whoa, I came whoa. out. I came out a little. <laughs> Dang. I hope he's What's healthy. DJ, but I don't care about Indiana. That's what D- I meant to say. DJ was a big Noel game day guy, man. We just had to, I mean, would you not want
1: to transfer away from Willie Taggart? I mean, let's be honest here.
2: Listen, listen, hopefully he's a fan of the next Hoosier game day website we make. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. I hope we don't. I hope we don't.
1: Yep. We've got the whole lineup here. Trey, Trey Lukens from Facebook's got the whole scoring plan set up here. Micah Pittman pun return. We'll defer for defense first. Three and out for Duquesne. They put a punt in and Pittman scores. Okay. So Pittman's going to have a punt return. Something's going to happen.
0: I do oh think my. the return game is going to be a lot better, but I don't think it's going to just start leading to a ton of touchdowns. If anything, you're going to look at the benefit of the added field position because Florida State, you know, we, you can think about the punt returns a year ago where, Guys didn't want to fair catch the ball and le- and they let it bounce and you lose 20 yards or you finally do come up to field a punt and you muff it. It was a uh, straight up ugly. And that was something that the coaching staff, it was a big emphasis this fall to do some live special teams work, something that Florida State hasn't done the first couple of years that Mike Norvell has been in Tallahassee. So now they've been going through everything, live contact at certain points of fall camp and that should benefit not only the return units, but the special teams as a whole. But it has really helped with those return units as far as building chemistry. And they've got some explosive playmakers back there that are going to be bringing the ball back as well.
1: Yeah, I think it is worth mentioning. We haven't talked about it the whole time, but the special right. teams. there It should be revamped here. I mean, I, I liked what I've seen from Sam McCall, Deuce ben, Um, And then you've got Micah Pittman, who's really, really good guy with his vision man and he runs kind of like a running back he just knows how when the blocks are coming his way block them uh, he, he blocks or he doesn't block but he reads them very well so i think okay. i think you're, you gotta hope man i mean it was awful last year it was atrocious and it put florida state in a really bad spot uh, multiple times i mean those mistakes you're muffing the punt or you're catching it on the five yard line like man, and what are we doing here it just doesn't make any sense and mike Norvell and the florida state staff Doing a heavy job this offseason of trying to fix those mistakes and playing as smart. So, we've also seen Trey Benson back there at kick return, too, worth mentioning. Yep. So, uh, you know, look for hopefully a revamped room starting on Saturday. C. Fry on YouTube is asking how many passing touchdowns will we see from Jordan and Travis on Saturday?
0: Hmm. Two. I got two. Two is a safe bet. I don't think he's going to put the ball in the air more than 15 times. I would be surprised. Um,
2: I, no, it'll be more than that. <clears throat> I think he's going to th- I think he's gonna have 20, 25 passing attempts. I just think, he, you know, you know how Jordan Travis is. He's going to scramble one in probably. You know, a couple passing touchdowns.
1: I got three TDs. I got three, three passing TDs. I'll go with that. It might be more than that, but I got three. That running back room, that was just going to be hard to stop. What are you laughing at, D I've it already got be, my. Deuce. It might be
0: more than that. I got three. It might be more than that.
1: I've got my Deuce. I mean, it's freaking Duquesne. I want to say the f word, but I can't. But it's goddamn Duquesne. I mean, this should be absolute. Just get the f out of my stadium. It's time to go party in College Town uh, by the third quarter. Just like Los would come on here and say they were already game planning the night out in the second quarter. Obviously, that's a little bit different of a team, but still, this is Duquesne, man. It's freaking Duquesne. This should be over. We should but be already got, planning you're, you're recess all night. This
0: stuff about blowing Duquesne out. How's Jordan gonna have enough time to throw all these touchdown passes if he's out by halftime?
1: Well, if you think about it, what have we seen in practice with Du Span being wide open, fifty yards down the field, it
0: happens every now and then. <laughs> what have we
1: seen from Johnny Wilson and really tight coverage coming down with touchdowns? I mean, I'm just saying. I mean that it's a daily occurrence we see that so i don't i want to be shocked to see three or more i'll stick with three for you d lou
0: i'm just interested to kind of see how they uh balance that offense out you know are they gonna want to attack the air more often to kind of see if this passing attack is improved or are they going to go heavy on the run you know because it's been more of a run attack uh the first couple years that mike norvell has been in tallahassee i think it's going to be similar but i think it's going to be a bit more balanced than maybe it was a year ago.
2: I think for this first game, they're gonna kinda keep things close to the chest and not want to show too much for the LSU game. Like they're they're gonna oh yeah they're gonna experiment here and there, you know, little little tweaks. But they're not gonna want to obviously they're not gonna want to show up the whole arsenal. They're just they're gonna they're gonna try a couple things just just to keep the brain the gears in the brain going for the following week. Saying, yeah we think this can work
1: uh Real quick before we go on into the score predictions, what's a win? Out of a Duquesne, win. you come away with the win. Okay. <laughs> God dang it! I want to get over the Jacksonville State stuff so badly. I, I need them to smoke this team so that we can get over previewing. I hope this doesn't happen. What? uh What month does come coming town? I hope we're over this and we've gotten over it by the time Louisiana. Well, no, because y'all bring up Billy Napier. well Dude, Billy.
0: Louisiana went thirteen and one last year. I'm more scared about them than Duquesne. <laughs> well, I would kind of hope so, but I'm
1: hoping they honestly does its job over here. But no, what, what what what's a win out of this? What's a win? What do you need to see that from what we saw in practice translate over to uh, on game fields? What do, what do we need to see? Obviously points wise, what, what's the point starting off with? Points wise, you need to win by five
2: plus touchdowns, six maybe I, I, wow. I was I was thinking five touchdowns. At least five put touchdowns. Put in the chat put in
1: the chat too. But yeah, five touchdowns, you think? I think five minimum.
2: It it should be more, but if you win by five touchdowns, I'm feeling pretty good
0: on my flight to New Orleans next week. And really, for me, it's just stay healthy. Come out of this game as healthy as can be uh, before you head to New Orleans. I would would really just love to see, you know, I don't want to compare it to the Jacksonville State game, but that game was just a, a perfect storm where FSU came out flat and they didn't hit on some plays early on. They missed that fourth down conversion to, to Keyshawn Helton. That would have been a touchdown if he could have hung on to it. I want to see Florida State come out and execute early and put a foot on Duquesne's throat because that's one thing they didn't do to Jacksonville State last year. They let them hang around. They let them gain some confidence. And then before you know it, the dumbest play of all time is happening.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and they- it's, it's one of those games where you have to come in confident and take care of business early, you know, Go to halftime up at least three scores, if not four. You know, get a couple more in the third quarter, get the starters out, get healthy, go to New Orleans. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think, too, going back to your Facebook Point user, Facebook user, that's a name <laughs> from the comment on here. It's says, official. He says, stay, he or her says, stay healthy and don't underestimate your opponent. I think from what you were saying, d Lou, you go back to last season, too. The way that they were taking care of North Carolina early on, I was like, okay, that, that's nice to see, but they have not found a way to keep that consistently for two halves. Let, let's see mm-hmm. that happen. They, they should be able to do this against a lesser opponent. What happened last year against Jacksonville uh, State was uh, atrocious. Uh, it should never be a thing that happens where you're going into a situation where it comes down to a friggin' field goal. Uh, it's just no or down really to where – Florida State falls apart, and then you you let that touchdown happen
0: in the secondary. We've
1: already gone over that. That was a nightmare scenario. Florida State's got to consistently put the frigging foot on their necks and kill them, and then kill them even more and put it away. I mean, that's what we've seen Florida State do. Back in the good old days, they got to bring that back. I don't want Mike Norville, I don't want the staff to feel lenient. I don't want them to hold back on anything. Go out there and dominate. And I think Florida State has a lot of underclassmen, some guys that are vying for starting jobs, guys that are chomping at the bit to get in there and get some PT, good PT, to go out there whenever their time is called when Florida State ends later in the third quarter, fourth quarter, to continue to push that out there and put points on the board. Florida State has got to absolutely dog stomp these clowns. Sorry, Duquesne. Jesus. Hey, it's game week, Dogs, baby. I'm excited. I'm excited, baby. I'm a, i And you know what? I, I apologize. That's a fellow Pittsburgh football team up there. Go Steelers. Um, let's give let's do some score predictions and get out of here. Let's get out of here. Okay. What are we, what, what, what are we thinking? What do we got? It's the first score predictions. All of us obviously during the season preview predicted Florida State to win this game. Uh, this is when we start jotting down and seeing who has the best record after the season. All of us last year predicted Florida State to beat Jacksonville State. We all took a loss on that
2: one. If I, I having... if I remember <laughs> correctly, if I remember <laughs> correctly, we all predicted they would dog walk Jacksonville
0: State. All all right, what to... was yours, Dustin? Fifty nine to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're so if, you're still, if you're still watching the show right now, are you sure you want our analysis on, on these four predictions?
1: Yeah. I don't know if this is the best time, but Florida State will be facing Duquesne on Saturday inside Doe Campbell Stadium at 5 o'clock. The student section almost completely sold out there. Um, should be a fun one. We've got Florida State. Mike Neville heading into his third season, big-time season kicking off for the Noles. What do we got? How are how we, how we feeling?
2: Should I start? Should, I think, I should think I you should. I think, I think you
1: should lead us off in this because remember, and I want to work, I want to mention this too that um, I did have the best record last year. Yeah, right. On game predictions. Oh, and don't don't even don't, don't even know, frown. Dustin we'll always does we'll that. the we'll look? Dustin that always that. does that. I, I, I had I did. True. I mean, it was I did. I did.
2: Uh, why does it matter this week, Rob? Well, yeah, if I didn't have Jacksonville and, State,
1: I mean, it wouldn't have been close.
2: We're all picking the but same this thing here. is did, where we're
1: starting. To just, just give me my recognition. Give my recognition, then we'll start off zero zero. We're gonna compete here. Yeah. I got one and zero right now from this podcast. Let's hope that someone can take my crown. Where's my crown at? I need to get. I need to order a crown.
0: I might just have to pick Duquesne. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
2: <laughs> a fun fact: uh, okay. Florida State is eleven and one all time in the month of August.
0: Mm-hmm. Someone read the game notes. Yeah.
1: Or it's, I saw that somewhere else and that was on social media yeah. somewhere. Yeah. They so, stole it from
0: the game notes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, but Hey, they're, they're supposed to be utilized for media.
0: No, I'm, I'm, i yeah, they borrowed it. They didn't steal it. It's a,
2: it's an important, it's an important thing though. Cause if you think like college football teams don't play a lot of games in August. So I think it's, <laughs> I think it's important to note and you know, it, it should hopefully be 12 and one after this game. Um, <laughs> If it's not, we got some serious issues. Um, I, I, Florida State should win comfortably, though. I'm I'm afraid to pick too big of a score, though, because I'm I'm waiting to see with this team before I ever get confident. So I'll play it on the safe side and say 38-10. Super Whoa! safe side. Super safe okay. side. I'd ra- I'd ra- I'd rather be pleasantly surprised next week than majorly disappointed. <laughs>
0: That's only four be... touchdowns. You said five.
2: Uh, no. Ooh, I know. Ooh,
0: so
1: you don't feel like that's a win after Duquesne then. Tom is telling you to stop it in the chat. Tom's telling you to stop it. That's fine.
2: T- Tom's been on me for the last month. That's fine. I thought he's been giving you some love, though. He has been giving you some love, yeah, but he is case. telling you straight up. Occasionally. He's moved on from Call Me Bottom, guys, so we've moved somewhere. <sighs>
1: because you did move up to the top today.
2: <laughs> that's why.
1: I feel like d has got – he's going to say something slick. But he ain't going back to 59 and 0 again. He ain't doing that.
0: I much. ain't picking – no, I'm not picking 59 to <laughs> to 0 this time. Um, I'll play it a little bit safer, but I do think – This for- is a
1: guy that – let me just mention, too. This is a guy that's been in a majority – you've only missed one practice.
0: This is a guy that's been in a majority of these practices. Go ahead. I do think Florida State is going to win this game. I'm interested to see how comfortable they they end up winning it. But really, for me, it's uh, we've talked about how much this team has improved in the trenches, not only on the offensive line, but the defensive line over the offseason. I think that's one area where they should be able to dominate Duquesne, particularly on defense. Uh, Duquesne, they're replacing their entire starting left side. Uh, they don't have an offensive lineman that's over – 300 pounds the only guy that is over 300 pounds is their left guard so you've got Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett both sitting in there about 320 plus you've got some pretty nice size at defensive end as well and then I mean the guys behind Fabian and and Cooper are pretty nicely sized as well so I think to say they should have a pretty good time on defense at the line of scrimmage and then you Know for me, it's just can Florida State's offense execute, avoid penalties? Um, you know, make a couple big plays. I'm gonna go for to state 48, Duquesne 10. Oh my goodness, we're close, D. We
1: are very close. <laughs> we are close. Um, uh, practically, I'm going off of you know exactly what Dustin just said. I think Florida State's defense is gonna dominate. Shouldn't it be much. I'm just excited, man, to see Fabian Love and Robert Cooper show, man. And Jared Verse, that, that defensive line should be one of the most exciting groups, if not the most exciting group alongside maybe that running back room this upcoming season for Florida State. That should be dominating. That should be very fun to watch because that group you're bringing back from last year and you should feel very happy about that. Um, I think Florida State's defense is going to take care of things. Along, You know, we haven't really talked about Jamie Robinson. I, I think he's going to have a big season ahead. Um, the biggest factors coming away coming out of this game healthy and Jordan Travis staying healthy. Um, That's the biggest one there for Florida state. I got Florida state winning this one 45 to 13. And I think it's a good, nice start. That's a win for me. As long as everybody's staying healthy, getting ready for LSU weekend and labor day, when we'll be over there in new Orleans, that is fine with me, but a 45 13 is a nice one there. I I I need my guy, Ryan Fitzgerald to hit a few kicks there too. That would make me feel a little bit better. I'll put some extra points on the board from the special teams unit, but 45 13 seems like a, a a nice start for Mike Norvell. And also this would be Florida state's first season opening opener win since guys 2016 against Ole Miss uh, over there in Orlando. So would go ahead and break that streak. Maybe that was the last little bad streak that Florida state needed to break before maybe emerging as a, uh, as a contender in the ACC we'll see Um, a long off season. It has been gentlemen up and down. We had to go through basketball season and what was really brutal to go through. We went through a nice long spring of some of the newcomers emerging, a lot of early enrollees. And then we jump into fall camp, which has been extremely competitive. We've got still a lot of newcomers. I think Florida state fans are going to see on Saturday. They're going to have to get these numbers written down make sure you have a roster sheet set uh with you going into the stadium on saturday because there's going to be a lot of newcomers a lot of transfers a lot of freshmen getting some burn on saturday night so i think that wraps up any last thoughts before we head into the 2022 season last time we'll talk to you guys will be most likely next wednesday i doubt we'll be doing instant reaction i hope
0: we don't podcast
1: well we'll we'll do we'll do a we'll do gets
0: like five sacks you're gonna want (sighs) to do a podcast
1: If he gets three, (laughs) if he gets three, I'm there.
0: If no, not even three. If he gets a second and a half,
2: you're gonna be on here. (laughs) If he gets attacked, if he gets (laughs) attacked, I told y'all, I told (laughs) y'all,
1: I told y'all that was gonna happen.
2: He's he's gonna get a second half late in the third quarter, and Logan's gonna come on here. Oh, yeah, losing himself.
1: (laughs) No, no, man, maybe, maybe potentially, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated on the show. What is. What we'll be doing, though, this will be recorded on Wednesdays. This will also be uploaded on Wednesday nights to whatever podcast platforms y'all listen to us on. So it's a little bit different than last year. We recorded on Thursday nights, and then sometimes it wouldn't be until Thursday night at midnight to go up, and then Thursday night. This way you have two full days to listen to the podcast, a little bit easier access for you guys, um, definitely when it comes down to previewing LSU, UF, Clemson, all those are probably going to be a little bit more longer than this one. So it gives you all enough time to listen this year. So a little bit of an adjustment there to help out you guys. Um, other than that, we'll have some instant reactions throughout the season for y'all. We super appreciate all of y'all this off season supporting us. The numbers have been really crazy in the last, this whole off season. I was a little shocked of how well we stayed consecutive. of A lot of the viewers, a lot of the downloads on, iTunes and the podcast platforms but super appreciative of all of you guys coming in here coming in the chat a lot of y'all newcomers that now are veterans now communicating in chat shout out to all y'all on Facebook YouTube and Twitter but yeah we've made it ladies and gentlemen it is officially game week the Florida State Seminoles will take on Duquesne on Saturday evening at 5 p.m at Doe Campbell Stadium you can watch it on the ACC network as always listen to podcasts on itunes google play spotify youtube if you're on one of those platforms hit the subscribe button hit the like button if you're on youtube right now if you're still on there i know we got over 100 on there still hit the like button it will go to more fsu fans so we can come in here and chat with us so appreciate everybody as always Logan Robinson from Here's Fear, here presented by NoelGameday.com. Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer, up there. And down below, D. Lou, editor in chief at NoelGameday.com. Football season is here. The 4 State Seminoles kickoff in just a few days. See you guys.